of 2 Corinthians and Galatians. Hadn't the Lord been good to us? Go right there to Galatians chapter 1, I guess. Galatians and the first chapter, I want you to, uh, I know many of you keep notes and that'd be good. I want to talk to you tonight. The Lord will help me for a little while about a New Testament church. If we're going to have church, I want it to be the right kind of church. If we're going to have church, I want it to be right. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for Calvary. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the Holy Ghost. Help me now for a little while, Lord, to be a a great blessing and a spiritual benefit to the Lord's people. And thank you for Pastor Burke coming over, and thank you for our dear friend Pastor Sharp, this blessed flock. Three summers now you've meeting with us, and Lord, this morning we sensed it again that you're coming in on top of us, and we love you and thank you for it. Now go with us through this next uh, preaching and teaching moments and help us in the power of God. We'll love you for it. In Jesus' name, and all the Lord's people said, Amen. Amen. If you're sitting by somebody you love, tell them you love them. I mean, that wasn't supposed to be painful, people. That was was not supposed to be painful. All right, so now, if you're sitting by somebody you can't hardly stand, I want you to smack them upside the head. That's the one I always like to do right there. (laughs) Amen. Brother Burke, appreciate you coming tonight. Them ain't flyers on your tie, is it? No, good, because he has flowers on his tie, flowers on his lapel, flowers on the Kleenex box, flowers on this phone looking at me. I don't understand. I'm, I'm so confused. Amen. I actually want one now. I want some flowers now. <laughs> it grew on me over the afternoon. Now I want a flower tie and a little flower. Now I'm coveting. Well, hadn't the Lord been really good to us? The Lord help me, I'll try to do this and, and not wear you out, but do it in 30, 40 minutes, two hours, something like that. But, uh, but no, the Lord laid it on my heart, talked to you about church. And aren't you glad that we're in a New Testament? Amen. So your Bible says that. There's an Old Testament, there's a New Testament. Uh, you got a finger, uh, leave it right there in Galatians 1. Flip backwards to 2 Corinthians 3. You're going to see the old and the new covenant. 2 Corinthians, back it up to chapter 3. And look in verse 6. Who also, y'all there? Who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament. Mm, Not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, that would be the Old Testament. But the Spirit giveth life, that would be the New Testament. But if the ministration of death, now that's what the law is supposed to do. The law is supposed to kill you. The ministration of death, written and engraven in stones, was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses for the glory of his countenance, which glory was to be done away. How shall not the ministration of the Spirit? Now that, that's, that's describing the church age. Ministration of the Spirit. Be rather glorious. I, I have no shame of the glory of God. I believe in the old-timey way, Amen. the old-timey wind, the 
old-timey whirlwind of fire. I believe in that glory. Y'all ain't helping me. Now, what we say? So we're in verse 9. If the ministration of condemnation, that's what the Old Testament is supposed to do, condemn, be glory, much more. Underline that and shout till Christmas. Adrian Rogers said that we got much more in Christ than we ever lost in Adam. Amen. Romans 5, five times says much more. Much more doth the ministration of righteousness. Okay. Now, what does the, what does the age of grace, what does grace bring us? It brings the spirit and it brings righteousness. What did the law, <coughs> the old covenant bring us? It brought, it brought death and condemnation. <coughs> By the way, two-thirds, you can't deny it. Brother Sharp, Brother Burke, if we men are going to be true preachers, you're going to get that two-thirds negative in there. Can't not do it. Going to have to do it. You cannot not do it. You're going to have to do it. That Old Testament makes up what? There it is. Two-thirds. There's the new. What about that New Testament commission? Paul told Timothy. Paul's the apostle to the Gentiles, the grace preacher. What did he tell the preacher boy? You got to reprove and rebuke. And then you exhort. And then you got to do it with all long-suffering. Hate it that that's in there. And with doctrine. Can I get a witness in here? All right. What was y'all talking about? Where are you at? We're in 2 Corinthians 3. And I love this in verse 10. Now maybe, uh, Brother Sharp, maybe, probably, before we get out of this meeting, we're going to go back to Mount Sinai and stand there. We're going to look at a golden calf. We're going to look at a glory cloud. And we're going to see if the Lord will help us. I'm in 2 Corinthians 3. I like all these children and all these babies y'all are having around here. You and Davina ought to have some more. You know that? Boy, the Lord just ought to, y'all ought to just go ahead there. And Is that what the flowers is about? Celebration of youth? Y'all need to have like two or three more. That'd be interesting right there. I'm in chapter 3 and verse 10. Now watch this. There's a phrase I'm looking for in here. For even that which was made glorious... That Old Testament, that Moses' face shining Mount Sinai with the glory on it 40 days, had no glory in this respect by reason of the glory that excelleth. The glory that excelleth. Can I tell you, when he came to Calvary, every shadow, every picture, every symbol, every type, honey, it is just a candle compared to the sun. The glory that excelleth. Amen. Go out there in the middle of the dark night and the power's out. Hold up a candle. It'll shine. You can see it from the top of the hill. You can see it from the other side of the cemetery. You can see it a long ways. But let the sun begin to rise. Let that, whoo, let that sun rise and hold it up. Where does the sun rise here? Right, right over there. All right, and then hold that candle up out there. And when that sun's finally completely on top, Hold that can't, and nobody's even able, able to see that there's a glory that excelleth. Y'all ain't helping me. And when Christ came up out of that 
grave, the sun arose. And there was a glory that excelled. Now, all right, run back to Galatians. And we see some things here. Uh, we, we, need, we need a Bible balance. I don't even like the word balance because liberals, liberals use the word balance to get you to compromise. Let's try that on again right there. It's Sunday night. It's just us, but we need some help. Liberals use the word balance to get you to compromise. We need, we need to be biblical. Ain't worried about being balanced with nothing but the Bible. I want the old and the new. Now, your Bible is amazing. Now, 1 Corinthians, everybody thought that you could just live in sin. And then he dealt with that and it got corrected in 2 Corinthians. But then in Galatians, so you leave Corinthians where everybody wants to live in sin. You go to Galatians and there's an outfit trying to get everybody to live in the law. Y'all ain't helping me. Boy, don't, you ought to come with me. I average. I actually got a calculator, took five years of records and looked at how many churches I'm in. So it's 100.5 churches a year. And... Uh, Somewhere there's half a church that I preach at. I don't know whose it is. I don't know whose it is. It better not be y'all's. Somewhere there's half a church. I, I, I got four or five of them that I think it could be. But, uh, and, and that's, not, that's not a lot. That's not, an, uh, I did, that, I'm not trying to impress you with that because that's not an impressive number. That's two churches a week is what I average preaching in. And, uh, uh, but come with me to those 100 churches and that one half church. Well, don't come with me to that one. <laughs> but come with me to them 100 churches and you're going to see everything on the spectrum. And I have some that are rightly named Corinth Baptist Church because <laughs> it's a bunch of fornication and a bunch of flesh and the glory's not good. And then come with me to the next meeting and we're over there in Galatians with some Judaizing legalists. They're marking everybody up and marking everybody down and dress code checking you as you come in. Come on now. Somewhere between nakedness and a dress check is where we ought to be living. Y'all ain't helping me. These things. Now there's the old and there's the new. I knew a man in the 60s. I wasn't born until 69, so that's pretty neat how I knew a man in the 60s. But I knew a man who in the 60s <laughs> and, 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 and preachers were fighting the hippie movement, so I'm okay with that. And we obviously didn't win that battle. <laughs> Go out there and walk three blocks. Yeah, flower children. <laughs> Thank you, Jamie. Flower children. I didn't mean that, Pastor. <laughs> your dad and your granddad in here. See how I treat my friends. It's a wonder I have any. But I knew a man who in the 60s, they had a dress check. At the door. And the bell bottoms. Anybody remember the bell bottoms? Ah, I know some of y'all do. I bet I can see. Yeah, the bell bottoms. I say we bring pictures from everybody's 60s and 70s and let the rest of us look at y'all. <laughs> and uh, But boy, they didn't measure. I knew the man, Jacksonville, Florida. I'll tell you who he is if you take me out to Waffle House. You buy the chili, I'll tell the stories. That's the deal. That's the deal. And they'd measure. The means the bottom of their thing, and if it and if it if the bottom was too much of a bell, sent you out. 
change come back. And then, uh, and then, of course, Lord, you could only imagine what they did to all the women and they measured them, you know, as they came in. And, of course, now I have been in some Corinth Baptist churches where I would welcome that, that little particular practice. <laughs> I was in Jacksonville, Florida. That's where I pastored down there. And, uh, oh, time, I had a Sunday night through Friday night revival on Main Street. And it got so powerful as we got it all done in three nights. And they just said, you know, you don't have to come back no more. <laughs> I just, I'm a positive feller. I took it that God moved so strongly in them three nights, they got all they needed. <laughs> I was sitting right there and the platform, you had to ascend up to the heights of the clouds and you had, it was way up here. Oh, time. It was as liberal as a thing as you've ever been around. And they played some tape soundtrack and it was a boogie-woogie song. And the old gal got up there she got dressed from here up and forgot to put on anything down there. She wasn't in a mini skirt. She was just wearing a top. <laughs> a long top. And she ascended up to the heavens. And the sun hadn't set, but the moon did arise. You hear me now? Pastor, did I handle that appropriately enough? Okay. And she came on up since we were talking about the sun and the candle. I'm sorry. And she stood up there and danced and swayed, and we all had to look. I did that one time. Ho! <laughs> Let me study the maps of the Bible and the concordances here. I scared to even look at an actual scripture. God had killed us. I just looked at the maps and I colored in their songbook. And oh Lord! So we do have Corinth churches, and then we have Galatians churches. You know. And some of them don't wear clothes and some of them make you go change your clothes. But somewhere in there we need some help, don't we? Amen. I want to have the right kind of church. And, that, and you got that Corinthians moving to Galatians. And then the whole Bible does this. Ephesians and Philippians. Ephesians puts you in heavenly places. This is a glory. And then in Philippians he's in prison telling you about it. Isn't that something? Just all through there. Well, I want to tell you something, show you something, and then say four things. That's the deal. Uh, I, I, I met a gal this last week. Everybody look at Galatians 3. 3. There's six things we're under, and then Christ gets under there with us. Y'all doing all right? Look at Galatians 3.10. We're going to circle these, three, these six unders. We're going to do it in 20 seconds. Y'all think I can look at that many scriptures without chasing rabbits? Here it comes. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Flower power. I'm going to do it. <laughs> Galatians 3.10. For as many as, as are of the works of the law are, here's the first one, under the curse. Mm, mm, mm. All right, here's the second one in verse 22. But the scripture hath concluded all under sin. Y'all underlining these? Verse 10 of Galatians 3 is under the curse. Then in verse 22, we're under sin. In verse 23, we're kept under the law. But before faith came, we were kept under the law. And in verse 25, it said, but after that faith has come, we're no longer under a schoolmaster. Amen. Then you get down to chapter 4 and verse 2 and said that, that we were under, those under the law are under tutors and governors. Mm, mm, mm. That would be private and public lessons. 
That tutor teach you privately. That governor is ruling over everybody. Y'all ain't helping me. Boy, doesn't God teach us some things privately? He'd jump on me and throw me down and wear me out. I mean, on my head. Hear me now. But then them governors, sometimes we all need to be wore out. Can I get a witness? Regulated and ruled and taught. All right. And then the sixth one is in verse 3. Even so, when we were children, we were in bondage. We under the elements of the world. All right, y'all see that? Six things we're under. And it wasn't, I didn't mean to teach none of that. But there's six things we're under when the Lord found us. Now look at the seventh under. That's where, I'm going to say something. If y'all act like Methodists and Episcopalians, I'm throwing a songbook at you. Amen. <laughs> I'm looking for old-timey Baptist. I'll take one or two Church of Gods. That'll be fine. So here it comes right here. Six things that we were under when the Lord found us. But in that seventh under is where he got under there with us. <laughs> Chapter 4, verse 4. But when the foot, about to run, about to run out in the cemetery, kick two two stones over, come back and shout. Chapter 4, verse 4. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law. I just want to show y'all that. Y'all can study that and y'all outline it. Y'all are better at that than I am. And I'll preach it one of these days, but there were six things I was under. Whew. And I'm about to go to hell underneath that load. And then here come number seven. And he got under there with me. Woo! He didn't bring me up. He came down. And he picked us all up. Carried us to Calvary. Carried them six things out, to, out into the three hours of darkness and when the light came back on, them six things were gone and we were, the only thing he had was us. Yeah. Carrying us out of them three hours of darkness, carrying us in his arm like little lambs. Yeah. Hey, man. Thank God. Ain't that beautiful? Here's what I wanted to tell you. I met a woman. Well, I need to say something. I mean, I can't ignore it while we're there. Made, under, made of a woman made under the law I need to stop and preach here one of these times uh, Mallory and Caroline and all these other girls and what about our little hodgepodge teen camp she knows what I'm talking about I didn't know that was Jamie's girl for over half the week we was in teen camp together she kept smiling real nice hey brother Dean I said that's a weird kid who's she talking to <laughs> who is what is this kid talking Growed up. She's that big last time, I, you know. But uh, for these girls, Mallory, my revival buddy. We've got to figure out where she's at. But Oh, she's in the back taking care of babies. Well, listen, that's two services in a row. She's took care of babies. Somebody needs to relieve her. Help me now. Does she do it every service? Y'all better switch that up. Of course, she probably likes babies, doesn't she? But Lord, let her come out here and hear some preaching. Made of a woman. I got a message. I ain't preached it in years. On what can God make of a woman? Do you know what? when the Lord was ready to come to this world, there's only one thing he needed that was in this world? He needed a woman. Just in case you gals are feeling left out because God calls men to preach, he calls y'all to birth the preachers. Amen. What can God make of a woman? 
I'm going to tell you what he made of a woman. He made his son. That Jesus was eternally existing before, before time, but the word was made flesh, and the only thing he needed in this world for that to happen was a woman. Amen. I need a little help right here. In an hour when the, and I'm sorry to use this language, but I'm going to have to, but in an hour when the lesbian movement and the transgender movement has taken over, especially in a university town, y'all living with strong devils, Brother, somebody needs to tell these Christian church girls that the highest calling and the greatest calling is to be that woman, that wife, and that mother. Amen. She's the crowning of all creation. Man, I mean, God saw creation. He said it's good. He saw man alone. He said it's not good. And then he brought a bride out of the bosom of that, and then he stamped it with this very good amen. girls you could have said amen right there that's one of the only times in a Baptist church we're going to give you a break right there <laughs> very good man of a woman Satan came through a woman sin came through the law Jesus came back through both avenues and fixed everything we broke amen. it was a serpent that got to the woman and then it was sin God put the sin on man because he broke God's law. And uh, oh, sin and everything hell brought came through them two avenues. Came through a woman and through the law. And they both were good. But that's the two avenues. And old Dr. John Phillips said, when the Lord God came to save us, he came right back through both of them avenues. <laughs> he came through the law and through a woman. Amen. Now, I met a young lady last week. I was preaching in Gainesville, Georgia, and uh, come a rainstorm. I got my coffee, went out there. I love a thunderstorm, especially a summer shower. And preacher, I, I've been fighting hell that particular day. Sometimes your old sin nature just acts up, don't it? And fighting Satan and getting, getting uh, blowbacks and reverberations from the red field. You ain't going to go have revival in hell just watch you and, and, and give you a thumbs up. Come on now. And, uh, well, I went downstairs and got my coffee. And I went out in that rain shower. Sat on a bench under the Hampton Inn thing. Sat on a bench there. Watched that storm roll in, big old fat drops. And here come a, it started raining. And here come an IHOP waitress. IHOP right over there. Here she come running under there. Sat down next to her. Can I sit down by you? Probably early 30s. I said, yes, ma'am, sit down here. And I <clears throat> immediately to make it accountable and make it uh, right, I, I told her immediately, because we're sitting on the bench together. I said, uh, I'm a Baptist preacher, and uh, I'd have to tell you about the Lord or I wouldn't be doing my, my job. And she began to glow. Dear time, I wish you could have heard her testify. She just got saved. Amen. Drug addict from Atlanta. Got saved, I feel like maybe just a few months. I didn't get a time frame. But watch this. She'd been raised a Jew. Since she was adopted. Adopted as a baby. Didn't know her parents. And raised in a strict Jewish home. Had a bar mitzvah. 
Brother Jamie, she could speak and write Hebrew fluently. That's much more difficult than New Testament Greek. Hebrew. She could, and, and she said, she come, I don't know, she had an old messed up, broken life. But she married a husband, and he is a Baptist. Because when I said, I'm a Baptist preacher, she said, I am too. I'm a Baptist. She said, I'm a Baptist. And she said, I ain't been baptized yet. I want to get baptized three times. She said, I got to get baptized. And here's what she said. She sat there and told me, recovering drug addict. Said she ain't touched a drug since she got saved. She said, I cried three days without stopping when the Lord saved me. She said, there was a thrill. She don't know church language. She said, there was a thrill. Oh. She said, I got saved because my husband told me the last thing Jesus told the disciples. That you love one another. That's how she said it. And she said, I was raised in a religion where there wasn't no love. It was all law. And this wasn't, a, this wasn't some charismatic talking about sloppy agape. She, she didn't know anything about that world. She meant the real thing. And she began to tell me about being raised in Judaism. And here's what she said. She said, Whew. she said, I've lived in fear my whole life because the God of the Old Testament just kills everybody. Amen. It's administration of death. Don't apologize for the Old Testament. Don't try to explain it away when they tell you out here, the God of the Old Testament killed and tried to kill the killed wars. The God of the Old Testament. Yeah, he does. He did. You might want to think about that before you run your mouth too much. Huh? I don't apologize for it. <clears throat> she should have lived in fear. She cried when she was talking. She gave two Old Testament illustrations. She didn't even know. She said, I was just always afraid God was going to turn me into a pillar of salt or drown me in a flood. She's in Genesis there getting... Boy, I'm telling you what, if anybody ever God used the Bible on them, <laughs> she was raised in the law. And then her husband told her that God changed it and gave us a new one, and it was one thing, he said. Because that's what he said. In John 13, 33 and 34, he said, a new commandment. <laughs> that's what, and I got the feeling he's ignorant. I really did. But he knew enough. He told her God changed it. <laughs> Woo! And he said, God gave, told her God gave us a new commandment. When she looked at me too, she said, when I found out that God had a son. <laughs> you don't understand. The Judaizers have rejected Jesus. They do not believe he was the son of God. They're still waiting on their Messiah. She said, but when I believe that he had a son. I thought, woman, I'm going to work at IHOP for about three months. You need to go preach some of my meetings. <laughs> you could help them, people. And I could stand a few chocolate chip pancakes with <laughs> strawberry syrup. Yes, neighbor. And I'll drink two Diet Cokes, neutralize the whole thing. <laughs> oh, it was beautiful. Sit there and look at her talk about that. And I want to say to me and you that God... We need to get this thing right where it's supposed to be. 
I don't want to say get the bubble on the level, but how about we get the Bible and make it the level? Mm. I want to say four things to you and I'll be done. Let's see, I started at such time, there it is, such time. I want to say four things to you. I'm going to run these by you. This could be two hours of preaching. I'm going to run it by you, let you pick it up. I've been up here 26 minutes. So let me run this by you and you can pick this up. We need to be a New Testament church. Amen. You got the Gospels. You got the Epistles. You got the book of Acts. That's a big transition book. You got the book of Revelation. That's a big transition book. It transitions up right on out of here. Amen. Right out of the church age, chapter 2 and 3. Right on out into that eternal age, 22. Huh? So I'm going to say this, and we'll be done. Look, this is an encouragement sign to all people who <laughs> go to church to get out. Isn't that something? That's when purses close, people pick up jackets. I was raised in church. I could come in here blindfolded and tell you exactly what was happening just by hearing the noises. Help me now. Amen. All my church kids, help me now. Now, the Gospels. That's where Jesus loved sinners. Amen. Talk to me. He was a friend of sinners. Luke 15. Didn't come to call the righteous. Came to call sinners. Huh? And Pharisees come from the synagogue and he called them names. Got them publicans and harlots running. Okay, there are some churches and ministries that's all, they're stuck on that. We're a friend of sinners. Amen. The contemporary movement's plugged into that. They reject everything else. What's you talking about? Well, let's move over to the epistles. If the gospels are for sinners... The cross, if you're keeping notes. The gospels are about the cross. But the epistles are about the church. Paul's epistles. I include Hebrews. That makes 14 of them. Mm, Don't make me preach on the number 14. That's for another day. 14 of them. Okay. If the gospels are about the sinners, y'all know good and well, the epistles are written to the saints for the saints now you want to talk about polar opposites Jesus put publicans and harlots around him and ran off all the people from the church the synagogue in the epistles Paul said uh, I don't want to hear fornication named once that's Ephesians 4 and 5 1 Corinthians 5 I wrote to you in an epistle not to company with fornicators. Jesus got publicans and harlots around his feet and he ran off all the people from the synagogue. Paul said, I don't want you even, if a man that's called a brother, be a fornicator, a reller, a drunkard, an extortioner, and several things. He said, don't eat with him. Jesus called Zacchaeus down out of the tree, going to come to your house and going to have supper. All right, God gave us the Gospels and the Epistles. Now, you keeping an outline? Let's put Acts in there. You got to stick it between them two. The Gospels, 
And then there's the big book of Acts. Well, that's about souls. If the gospel's about sinners, Acts is about souls. It's where the great commission. The gospels is the cross, the epistles is the church, Acts is the commission. And that's where we are supposed to carry the gospel to the entire world. Can I get a witness in there? Acts chapter 1 verse 8, but ye shall receive power. After that, the, is the Holy Spirit, Spirit of God, or Holy Ghost? Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be my witnesses, J- Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and under the uttermost parts of the earth. They say, when are you coming back? Quoting Acts 1. It is not for you to know the times or the seasons. Get in Thessalonians close to Revelation. You have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly the day of the Lord. The day and the hour no man knows but the seasons and the time. You know perfectly. What are these things doing? Okay. The Gospels is about the cross for sinners. Acts is about the commission. And they did. Simon Peter 11 chapters then Paul. All them missionary trips. Brother Paul kicked off the church age. Acts is about souls and the commission. The epistles is about saints and the church. Now let's get on over to Revelation and round off our New Testament. It's about secrets and the coming. Secrets. Mysteries. Mysteries of the other world. Mysteries of this world. Mysteries of of his return. Secrets. That'll be done in four minutes, maybe three. We see lots of groups, factions, S-E-C, sections, sects, S-E-C-T-S, certain sects and factions in the body of Christ. And if you're not careful, churches can get focused on one. Let's say it out loud. Let's just talk about it out loud for a minute. I know some who are about the Gospels. They'll come in casual. They wouldn't wear these suits and ties. They'd come in in polos and act like we're all at grandma's backyard. And their thing is, we just love sinners. That's your contemporaries. And y'all be careful. There's a lot of things running through that will take your children contemporary. It's half and half. It'll take your children all the way to the other half. I had a friend of mine put it on his door. Put it, had white lettering stenciled on the door. A, a hospital for the hurting. <clears throat> they're so proud of every drunk and drug addict and harlot, and I'm glad because I got the gospels in my system. But that ain't all I got. And so one night I just preached against his door. <laughs> Walked over there line by line. They had all kind of crazy stuff on it. And I preached against the door. <laughs> they so crazy, they liked it. <laughs> They're like, hey, man. They backed me up and shouted me out the whole way. <laughs> Gospels. Then I know some churches who live in the book of Acts. And everything's about the Great Commission. They don't love sinners. They don't give a rip. 
That's funny. They love winning souls, but none of them take time to love sinners. It's the book of Acts. And they'll have big colleges and big ministries and 70 buses. And they're focused on one thing, the book of Acts. They don't even know they have a church. They don't know what church is. They work all day. Sunday morning, you can't find, they're all everywhere working their tails off. Sunday night, they're working. And when they sit down and sing a song, finally look at the Bible, they make that work. All right, we're going to serve God. Mm, sing Amazing Grace. I'm serving God. I, okay, I sung it. I sung it. What's next? Duty. I'm ready. Even when they worship, it make it a work. Okay? Then I know some churches in the epistles. They don't love sinners. They're not trying to win souls. They're trying to keep people out of their church. They're at the door measuring. Get out of here. You ain't right enough to hang out with us. Come back when you get your bell off your bottom. <laughs> that didn't, I, didn't, I need to rephrase that. You breached his leg. Leave me alone. I'll I quit digging. Huh? I know some camp meetings and I know some men and they're in the epistles and they ain't never even read the gospels. They forgot that we're supposed to love sinners. Amen. They think it's, we got our 40, thank you, Lordy. We're the only seven spiritual people left in Tennessee. <laughs> we are the standard. And, and they got the, the integrity and the intensity and the purity of the church and they have nothing else in their system. They'll have 11 kids. They're not allowed to talk to your kids because your kids are contaminated. Your kids saw a cartoon one time 10 years ago and that's bad enough. We're separating from you. Help me now. They got 11 kids, probably molesting half of them and probably beating his wife. But they got, and, and, it's, and we got our little 40 and thank you, Lordy, and we're perfect and we don't let no other church touch us. Don't let nobody else mess with us because you'd contaminate us. We're, we got it right and y'all don't. That's, that's the epistles. That's when, that's when you're off biblical. Your, your Bible's not on the level. Your bubble's not on the level. And then I know some ministries, some churches, <clears throat> everything's about the secrets. Seminars. They dug under the seventh toenail of the fifth dragon in Zechariah 14. <laughs> and they pulled DNA out from underneath that dragon's toenail. And they can tell you who the Antichrist is. It's Jared Kushner. <clears throat> or Kissinger. They always know who the Antichrist is. I'm not sure they ever know who the Christ is. He would be nice to know. <laughs> but they know who the Antichrist is. Y'all ain't helping me. They can explain Daniel seven different ways. They got C.R. Larkin. They're going to be buried with Larkin's charts on their chest. Open up. Have a finger on like a seventh line. And go on there. Huh? I love the book of Revelation. I love the second coming. I love the mysteries of it. I know Psalm 2. There are conspiracies and the kings and the Illuminati. It's out there. Matter of fact, they're a lot worse than Illuminati out there. I know all that. But I also know McDonald's sells milkshakes and you can go down there and get one and enjoy it. Amen. <laughs> Cook out. 40 flavors. I confuse them. I pull up there and tell them, give me all 40 flavors in one milkshake, please. 
Sir, that's against policy. Change of policy. I'm a customer. I'm honorary, especially right after church when I'm the honorary. That's when I get my cookout milkshakes. Yeah. People who, fo- they go to every seminar, they buy every book. They quote John Hagee before they ever quote their pastor. Y'all ain't helping me. They got the Jewish thing lopsided. They got the conspiracies lopsided. Y'all, y'all ain't helping me. I believe all the conspiracies. Hey, probably three lizard people in here. <laughs> Galapagos lizard back there. Huh? I know entire ministries and Christians. They make terrible church men. They don't believe in a church. Because they don't care about any of the three previous things. They ain't going to tithe. They're not going to stay to dirt. They're not even going to join a church. They're going to go to churches and study different things. Because they don't care about sinners in the Gospels. They don't care about winning souls across the world, winning the nations in the book of Acts. They don't care about the church because the church tells them they've got to be good church members. I pastored a man like this. He had so much knowledge. Oh, my goodness, it was scary. He is a genius IQ number. He had great knowledge. He had studied church history. He had studied medicine. He had studied history. He, he knew science. He knew everything about everything. And he actually knew it. But all he wanted to do was talk about it. Like there's a toilet back there that needs cleaning before the next service. This carpet is not pretty and paperless by accident. This is our field. Somebody needs to tell them that Jesus was the Son of God and he died on a cross for them. We don't need to label all, you know, Daniel's visions. Uh, It's in there to learn and to study. But when we get a little grip on what's happening with the nations, let's go see what's happening with our neighbors. And you can't get them to be church members, can't get them to be committed to anything except studying with the next group of cartoon circle eyes people that come by. <laughs> huh? Oh yes. <laughs> I believe in things that scare even me so I won't even think about it because I get scared. <laughs> that stuff's all real. But so is God. So is the church. So is your daily life. That little boy needs to know how to walk in the ways of righteousness. Somebody needs to make sure there's a fourth pew in its place where he can sit and somebody get that little fella to God. We don't need a conspiracy club sitting over in a corner digging the DNA out of the seventh toenail of the fifth dragon over yonder in the Red Sea. Help me now. And I believe all that stuff's over there. And I think there's something in the DNA. But let's just do what the Lord said. Any prophecy that is sensational and sells books is of man. Real prophecy is spiritual and puts you in that book. I have books on prophecy, but they're written by men who were studying the Bible, not studying sensational things. I got a lot of books on prophecy, but it was written by preachers who were studying the scriptures. Not conspiracy nuts who are studying the sensations. That's right, amen. 
I don't need them books. I'm okay with books that are about the book. And we have this, don't we? Now, I close with this. What we're supposed to be is the whole thing. Only the Holy Ghost can jail you into one. You can love sinners and keep the church pure. You can fill these pews up with publicans and harlots and also have a pure, accountable, holy church body. You can do both. You can get on a ship and go across the sea and win the nations. And then later that evening, study Daniel and Zechariah and get excited about the Lord's coming back. Help me now. Our church ought to have sinners and souls and saints and glorious mysteries, secrets. We ought to be about the cross. We ought to be about the commission. We ought to be about the church. We ought to be about the coming of Christ. Only God can jail that and put all that in your system appropriately. Heard a man say the other day that the ingredients in medicine, these pills, that pharmaceutical cell, that the very ingredient that heals you by itself would kill you. Even that amount, if you took that small amount of that actual, the active ingredient that makes that medicine good for you, he said, his wife was a a pharmacist. He said, if you took that by itself right in your system to kill you, God puts all that other, the pharmacist, I jumped ahead of my illustration, (laughs) smelled that rose and got a little. (laughs) You still love me? She said that they have to put all that other stuff in there so it will assimilate and break down and, and be dispersed properly through your bloodstream. Woo! And if God just gave us one dose of something, it'd kill us. It'd kill our church. It'd kill our ministries. It'd kill our Christian walk. But he put it all in there. Take it all in, assimilate it, and accept it, and break it down, let it run through our bloodstream. <laughs> Amen. Thank God. Let's all stand. What about that? It's pretty bad when your short sermon is 45 minutes long. (laughs) Brother Jamie, that that is my short sermon. That's bad, ain't it? My short sermon is 45 minutes. Hallelujah. Hadn't the Lord been good to us? Let's bow our heads. Sister, would you play for us tonight? Church, let's have one more altar call before this meeting starts tomorrow night. Monday night, we'll be bringing ourselves in here, be bringing visitors in here. God will be bringing folks in here from different places. Let's come around here and pray that God would give us all we need. Give it to us how we need it. He'd make us all that we need to be. Ladies, you come pray with us too. You can sit on the front row or kneel with us. Let's gather around here and pray that God would help us.